chopped off heads, thick heads and blood. To me, riffs are fucking timeless. You've got generations of people going to see them. It's our best album so far. The fans have been asking for it. They've been asking for it for years. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It's like music we play, man. You're either going to like it or not. There are satanic bands. Some of them really aren't. We're playing the craziest drunken debauchery show we've played probably ever. It is not a condition to be doing a podcast. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Quarantined masses, welcome back to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. This is episode 65, April 2020. Still in bondage to the coronavirus concert moratorium. I'm Robert, a.k.a. Gaunt Dog Metallicus, here once again talking music, metal, bands, concerts, and albums. And for this episode, I'm very pleased to be joined by a special co-host, Jared Compton, a.k.a. Drog from Winter Hymn. Jared, how have you been? Good. Thanks Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm just hanging out like everybody else. <laughs> and then we were talking before we got going about how your regular work is actually in show production. Missing out on concerts for me is just like my entertainment and something I, I love to do outside of my work. But for you, that is your work. Right. Myself and uh, Dave, the other guitarist in Winterham, because he's an audio engineer and I do lighting for concerts and uh, concerts and the, the movies that come through Cincinnati. So, I mean, all that stuff's on hold. The last show I was doing, we were actually set up everything on the stage, and that's when uh, uh, DeWine came over, the Ohio governor, and uh, said, hey, stop what you're doing, and we just packed everything up, and I haven't been working since, but but we're doing okay. I mean, it, it stinks, but we're, we're afloat. Yeah, it stinks for a lot of people. Man, I was yeah. thinking, trying to think back the last time that I call up with you in person, I think that was back in October... At Magbar in Louisville, you guys were playing maybe with Ancolagon and Windfarer, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we did play there with them. I'm, I'm, that probably was the last time. Ancolagon and Windfarer and us, and I want to say Crypticim from Louisville may have also played that. But man, that right. was one one hell of a show with Ancolagon, that black and death metal, and then Windfarer, who I think is really interesting because... You know, they definitely have the blackened element, but akin to you guys also have the folk flavor. Well, yeah, because they've got uh, Ben Karras on violin, and he's, I mean, he's an amazing violinist, but he he has a sort of different playing style, like, because uh, him and our violinist, Kate, have talked a lot, and he has a, like, whole effects board that he runs stuff through, and so, like, a lot of the time, it's like he's not even playing stuff that sounds like a violin. He does, like, a lot of rhythm sections that almost sounds like metal guitar underneath it and solos and that's that's interesting and and yeah he's super talented i was blown away by those guys and that album i i hadn't heard it before but i bought it that night alma man it's just killer material and and, and really interesting what he's able to do i want i want to steal all of his ideas I just want to, I just want to be in Winfair. I want to drop everything I'm doing and, and be in Winfair. Yeah, they're very, very good and uh, and super nice guys. And that's definitely a band that I would like to see continue to gain 
notoriety and everything because because it's it's different like it's you know even outside of like folk metal and black metal i think they've got something unique definitely yeah they they are unique and and that's one thing i like about you guys winter hymn you know i feel like you guys are able to play with bands from a wide variety of styles and it and it works like i don't feel like there's a disconnect when uh you guys hop on and off stage with the other bands i you guys create a good mix with those other bands and styles i think we usually do i, I hope so anyway um you know we we've pretty much always done that but it's it's honestly been out of necessity a lot of the time because there's not you know and not an abundance of like folk or pagan metal bands but um <laughs> be honest jared there's none like the, i remember the day <laughs> i first learned about you guys i was like holy fuck there's a there's a pagan right. metal band in northern <laughs> kentucky what the hell <laughs> Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So there's not a lot, but I mean, honestly, that's especially in the beginning. I think that helped us, like the the novelty aspect of it, and like you know, you go to any show in the area, and like we're definitely going to be the one that's like that. But I mean, beyond that, it's it's always been fun to uh, see how that plays out because it's yeah, we might play with a you know, a black metal band somewhere in the region where we might play with a power metal band and we're not like totally out of place with either because it's like, okay, if you dropped like the keyboards and the violin, we might mesh with this one or this or that. And yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's neat. But in the beginning it was definitely nice because, you know, we had that market cornered, you know, every, uh, every Dungeons and Dragons nerd and every, <laughs> folk metal fan they're like have you heard of winter him and of course you have because it's the only band around here that does this well man we're going to take our first break and uh, play the first song of the episode and then when we come back for the break i want to ask you a question that i've long pondered about bands in the pagan and folk metal genre but first we have a track from Adivant. this is gallows pass
Arizona epic folk metal clan Adivant with the track Gallows Past off their most recent independent release, The Unyielding, from 2018. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know, I don't get a chance to see a lot of pagan and, and folk-flavored metal bands, even though I, I really enjoy that style. I did get to see Ensiferum back in November. They were touring throughout the U.S. Uh, they came through Lexington, Kentucky. Got to see them with Calma. Really enjoyed that show. But something I was thinking about as I was watching them, looking up on stage, the live band was composed of a couple of guitarists, bassist, drummer. All the folk sound was piped in. Now, I'm a fan of you know, symphonic metal bands like Nightwish and Xandria, Delane. And if you're a band like that, you can't have a full symphony with you live. That, there's just no model, no matter how successful you are, where you can do that. So I get those bands having it all piped in. But I do wonder, if you claim to be a band that has some sort of folk flavor to it, can you pull that off effectively live without having some sort of folk instrumentation live? I know you guys have that, kind of, but I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. I would definitely say my opinion would be you can pull it off. I think, I think Enciferum pulls it off. I think, and you know, a lot of bands that aren't even in the the folk sort of genre. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is uh, Carrick Ongren. If you're familiar with them, yes. they're a Dutch band. Um, they, uh, because they're, you know, I, I wouldn't call them not symphonic metal in the same way as like Nightwish or something, but sure. uh, you know, they've got that symphonic element and. Uh, there's a whole lot going on, and yeah, they they have their keyboard player. They, you know, it's not just strictly backing tracks, but it's I think it's actually a combination of backing tracks and the stuff he does on keyboard. And I think that, I mean, I always enjoy like like with them, I enjoy that they've got their keyboard player who composes that stuff anyway. Like it's fun to see someone up there actively taking some sort of part in all that, especially when it's a big part of your music. But, um, I, I, yeah, I think it's always better when you can see someone <laughs> performing some aspect of that. Not everyone can do that. And, you know, if, if you've got the, the drive to make that kind of music and add those things in, you know, you might not have those resources. Like, we're totally lucky that we found a violinist who, actually gave a shit about doing this type of music you know what i mean right. not not just finding someone who plays these instruments but also who wants to be in that type of band who you get along with and mesh with and everything so i mean that's that was purely the luck of the draw um and i would say man she's such a key component i i don't think you all could pull it off without having her live and i think it would sound odd it would be odd for me as a fan of of your band to see you all play and just have that piped in, you know? Oh yeah. Um, there's a, there's, there's been a couple of uh, times over, you know, the history of the band where like, I don't remember where we went. There was at least one time we went somewhere and, uh, some piece of, uh, Jenny's keyboard had been lost. Like she didn't have, 
the cable that she usually had, or like she had it there, but then, you know, it was like a dark room or something. And, and we were kind of scrambling because we were like, fuck, like it's, you know, we're not going to do this without this section of the music. Yeah. Like losing one of the guitars or the bass, you know, you don't want to lose any of that, but it's like, if we don't have these melodies, then we definitely like, we, we might as well just drive home because, yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's integral. I mean, I think if, uh, if, if they ever called it quits or something, I don't think we'd keep going without them. You know, we've had different drummers and different bass players and different guitarists and stuff, but that's, that's sort of a different ball game too. And I get it. Like for not everybody can do what Elvete does, like drag along 20 musicians to have on stage. But I just, there's part of me that just feels like the experience of the music, you need some of that live flavor there and that you lose out in a way that, again, comparing it to symphonic metal, you expect you're, you're not going to have the live orchestra there. You know, you're, you're not going to see that. So you, that's kind of great. But for pagan folk flair, I just... I don't know, to me, part of the magic is to see the person playing that instrument that you're not used to seeing at the metal show. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree that it's better to see that. Like, if you've ever been to a uh, a show where they had a drum machine instead of a drummer, like, I don't care how good the band is, I don't care. Like, the, I mean, I, that especially, like, having different things and backing tracks and stuff like that, but uh, not having a drummer. But um, Yeah, I would walk out. Not, yeah, I would not. No, that's that would no go there. Right. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I think it's definitely better to see that performed. Um, we're 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 not going to share our violinist though. So. Yeah, you got a good one there, man. So. Right. <laughs> well, we got another track to play. Another uh, song of molten pagan metal. This is Kesmiani Troll by Velasar.
Welcome back. You've just heard Slavic Pagans Velasar performing Kosmiani Troll from their first full-length release, Dizwalda. I had never heard of that band. I, I really liked I really liked that track, especially some of the guitar melodies, like whatever bridge it was in there. It had like a real Iron Maiden sort of feel. and some good guitar agree. work in it. Well, man, I'm curious, again, as somebody who's a, a local musician involved in show prep, kind of like, what do you think the scene's going to be like toward the end of the year? Are you optimistic about it? Do you think that bands are going to do more online stuff? Like, how are you reading the tea leaves? I I really don't know. Um, I was talking to my fiance uh, like yesterday, I think, and you know, because we we both miss going to shows, and and one of the things that I've been trying to wrap my head around is, you know, at some point, someone, whether it's a governor or whether it's Trump, like someone's going to give the go ahead, like, hey, this has been lifted, you can go back out. And I'm thinking, you know, like if shows do happen, what will the turnout actually be like? Will people put on shows, not see it as a viable enough option for making money? You know what I mean? It's that's my long-winded way of saying I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to pan out. It's going to look different, man. I mean, I can't even imagine going to a metal show where maybe a third of the people are wearing masks. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would just seem <laughs> so odd. Because to me, one of the beauties of going to the metal show is, even if I'm going on my own, not with a buddy, I feel like there's a brother or and sisterhood of metal fans there. And even if I don't know anybody, like, I share something with them. And, like, you know, there have been so many shows I've been to, like, I end up hugging total strangers in the crowd just because we're both so excited about, you know, what we're participating in. And... I don't know. I just wonder if that if that feeling is ever going to come back. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. I think I think eventually, eventually. I think it's a question of how long. I just can't picture going to a show right now and not being able to hug your friends and give people claps on the back and everything. But God, like I don't know, like sitting in a corner and trying to calculate if you've got six feet distance between everyone around you. Like, you know, some guy comes through and bumps into you and sloshes beer or turns around and screams right in your face and you feel a little flex of saliva. And like, <laughs> I, I don't know if how many people are going to go and put themselves in an environment like that where you don't have personal space. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I haven't, I really haven't watched, uh, a lot of the live <laughs> concerts, which makes me feel like a shithead. There's there's one that's on Sunday by a English band called Olsensman. He's like an acoustic soloist guy, but he, he does, it's like battery-sounding stuff. Right, um, right. But, uh, yeah, he's doing something on Sunday, and I, I put a reminder in my phone. I was like, oh, I need to watch that one, because, uh, yeah, a lot of people are doing that, and it's an awesome idea. I, I, you were asking... Do you think it you know it'll continue with that? I mean, like, I would love to get back to an actual live show setting, but that's cool that some people are able to do stuff like that. Yeah, it's funny you mention that. I I think as we're recording this, Insomnium and Omnium Gatherum, who are supposed to come through on a, a tour of North America that got canceled, they're doing an online concert. I'm curious to see what the response to that is. And I, and I don't know, it seems odd to me. I, I'm not sure how a band can make money off that. That seems difficult. I don't know if they're making 
money off that, at, like off the streaming itself. Like I don't know if they're making money off that, but then if if they're able to plug in that, like hey, you like the show? Instead of your merch table being in the back, it's like here's a link down here, and right. we've got stuff on sale or something. I, I have bought a, a few merch items because different bands have been like, hey, we were going to go on tour, and uh, this is some of the merch we were going to be selling on that tour. So now it's a piece of history. Here's a uh, T-shirt with a bunch of dates on it that never happened, and it's weird. It is weird, and uh, you know I've seen a lot of those. And on the one hand, you're thinking, man, this is a time where we need to support bands more than ever. I think people are trying to be as generous as they can, but this isn't the time necessarily where it may be wise to be generous. Yeah, you, you help out as much as you can. And that's, yeah, like when I say I've bought a couple of merch items, it's like there was some stuff that was put on sale, but a lot of people aren't in a situation where you can comfortably just drop 50 bucks on non-essential items. Everyone is hurting. Like I'm out of a job people are being laid off and stuff like that and it's weird it is it makes you question what is and isn't essential in my opinion something that's essential are winter hymns two full-length albums songs for the slain from 2011 and blood and shadow from 2016 i love both these albums but there's one track that i've seen you all play live that i just love because it's a burner this is Blood Burner by Winterham.
U.S. Pagan Meddlers Winter Hymn with Bloodburner off their 2016 album Blood and Shadow. Oh, just a lot of blood. You got to have it. Jared, during this downtime, before we wrap up, tell me a little bit about some of the uh, albums or bands you've been listening to. I'll go first. I have been listening to a new album by the Finnish melodic death metal band Torchia. It's called The Coven. Man, it is awesome. If you're a fan of Arch Enemy or Insomnium or Dark Tranquility, you will love Torchia. You want to check them out. I've also been listening to a couple of older albums. Beast in Black, that's another Finnish band. Melodic Power Metal there. Their 2017 album, Berserker. And then Stateside, uh, Friends of the Podcast, Helium Prime, their debut album from 2016, Helium Prime. And uh, those guys are working on a new album with their new front person, Metal Mary Zimmer, formerly of White Empress. Well, I've been, uh, let's see, we've been doing a lot of puzzles during this time. Um, So we've just been putting on Spotify a lot. And uh, and my fiance, she's a a huge Moonsorrow fan. I've actually only dabbled in Moonsorrow before. So we've been listening to some of that and I'm enjoying it. And, uh, and I also, uh, we've got a couple of, I've been going through cleaning some records and I remembered I had some, uh, Panopticon records, another real interesting, uh, band sort of in the folk metal spectrum, but, uh, been listening to a lot of that. And Panopticon is, you know, we were talking before about bands having like merch sales and, uh, they actually had, uh, one of their albums or splits, they've got a whole bunch of stuff online. And one of them is going toward like friends and bands that, you know, touring bands where that's their sole income. And he's not actually taking any money from that himself. So, and he was going to be playing a show in Louisville. That would have been like, I think last weekend or something that we had tickets that's to. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about and, that. Yeah. And it was, it was a, a benefit for Bernheim forest. My fiance and I, we were going to go to the show and, stay down there and i think the next day we were going to go explore there and see the the troll statues and stuff but uh but so he's got t-shirts and uh things like that that are like specific to that show and all the proceeds go towards the legal defense for that place so the panopticon would be a good one for if if people do have some expendable income that they want to spend on band merch there's some good uh some good causes there Well, Jared, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, Appreciate you taking the time to be on the debate, man, and uh, looking forward to catching up with you guys sometime soon when uh, uh, the world opens up back for shows. Awesome. Yep. Likewise. uh, A lot of people will be uh, hanging out when it's all done. I'll I'll travel to a show if I need to. You know, I'll I'll be more likely to travel and (laughs) make the round. We'll be back again soon with another Metal Debate episode. Until then, be sure to check out all our content, debate podcasts, artist interviews, album reviews, and more by listening to The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. And take part in the discussion by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us by using the keywords Metal Debate. Until our next podcast, sell your soul for metal and defend it until your dying day.